This is Rising Up with Sonali, and I'm your host, Sonali Kolhatkar. You can watch this program on Free Speech TV and listen to it on community and independent radio stations nationwide. Bishop William Barber II and Reverend Liz Theo Harris, the co-chairs of the Poor People's Campaign, have written a letter to President Joe Biden requesting a meeting with the White House ahead of their June 18th March on Washington. In the letter, the two leaders reminded Biden that when he addressed their gathering in September 2020, he, quote, promised that ending poverty would be more than an aspiration in your administration, end of quote. According to Barber and Theo Harris, quote, we have offered a moral narrative that refuses to accept the lies of scarcity or partisan gridlock as excuses for taking action. We're determined to change the conversation about what is possible so that we can ensure all of our justice here and now. Reverend Liz Theo Harris is co-chair of the Poor People's Campaign, a national call for a moral revival, and the director of the Keros Center for Religions, Rights, and Social Justice at Union Theological Seminary. Welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me. Tell me first about this letter that you and Bishop William Barber wrote to President Biden. You referenced that the president had addressed the Poor People's Campaign in September 2020 and made a promise. Well, indeed. I mean, when 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 President Biden was running for election, he had he had come to this uh, gathering we held of a million people strong in September, um, saying that that if elected, that that ending poverty would be more than an aspiration. It would be a theory of change for for building back from the bottom up. And um, you know, and then last June, when we had a, a online a mass and also in part person uh, a gathering of, of poor and low wage workers. You know, he he sent a, a message there as well, where where he affirmed this this commitment to ending poverty, not managing, not ameliorating. You know, to actually looking at the policies that could lift people up um, and really you know raise wages and and uh, have climate resilient jobs and and uh, expand healthcare and and really do the kinds of things that it's going to take um to make this uh this nation a more just nation you acknowledge that uh, there are things beyond president biden's control in your letter saying congress has not backed all of your plans our economy is experiencing pressures and of course you know you didn't say specifically name them but we have two right-wing democrats who are holding almost everything up in biden's agenda so if the president says his hands are tied what more can this one individual do you're asking for him to meet with your delegation ahead of june 18th right so indeed, we're, we're asking for a meeting and we've been pushing and we'll continue to push Congress because we know that those uh, two Democratic senators and 49 Republican senators who have stood against um, living wage jobs and, and voting rights and, uh, and, and the Build Back Better plan, including the extending the child tax credit that lifted, you know, four million kids above the poverty line, um, that the, those 51 people, 49 Republicans and, and two Democrats, you know, are really standing uh, at odds with the will of, of the majority of people in this country um, and, and with the needs and priorities of especially the 140 million people who are poor and low income, um, but also others that, that would, would be lifted up, whose lives would, would improve also with, with the passing of the Build Back Better as a first step you know, with other economic investments around childcare and environmental issues and, and you know, all kinds of, of 
policies and programs that are at hand that are within reach that we we know what what you know what what could be done and yet what we're trying to see is how do we get this congress how do we get our senators um to, to actually push forward the the kind of priorities of of people and and how can you know the the president be able to use you know the microphone that he has to turn it towards poor and low-income people low-wage workers you know uh folks that are they're out there in our community struggling who who desperately need and are demanding uh you know things uh to to lift from the bottom so everybody can rise 140 million people out of a population of 329, 330 million people. We're talking about more than 40% of the U.S. population is low-income or poor. I don't think enough Americans think about that percentage. I don't know any other industrialized nation that has such a high percentage of its population that's struggling economically. Well, indeed, I mean, any nation that has 43% of its population, uh, you know, living in poverty or one couple hundred dollar emergency away, um, whether that's a healthcare crisis or a job loss or a storm um, or other small emergency, but away from absolute economic ruin is, is an impoverished democracy, right? And, and any uh, country, especially one that has the wherewithal, the resources to, to end hunger, to end homelessness, um, to, to you know raise up wages and and what what happens when when you actually you know provide for the people when you actually uh, you know ensure that people are making living wages and have housing is that that actually saves the nation um, both spiritually and morally um, but it also saves you know trillions of dollars billions of dollars um, and so you know what we're saying and 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 it is true that that the fact that we have so many people in this rich nation who are poor and low income, you know, is is immoral and wrong. And and that's why we have to shift the narrative about who is poor and why people are poor. You know, it's not an individual problem. It's a it's a social problem and it requires a social solution. Um, and then we have to build power, um, the kind of power that it's going to take to be able to enact the kinds of policies and programs that actually improve people's lives. And again, it's all within reach. Um, it's just a lie to say this is as good as it gets. It's just a lie to say we don't have enough, to say it costs too much. It's just a lie that 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 poor people and low-income people and immigrants and queer people and trans people and women are to blame for society's problems. Uh, these are all lies. And, and the truth is that the solutions are here. Um, the resources are present. Um, and we must sum, summon the political will and the moral consciousness to actually uh, lift the load of poverty. Because the, the poverty was already a concern. Uh, then the pandemic hit, it got worse. And now we're seeing inflation with the cost of goods and services rising dramatically. And unfortunately, Wall Street's answer to this, which is echoed to some extent by Democrats and Biden, is that we have inflation because wages are rising too fast and that people are earning too much money. How does that square with the fact that we still have 43% of the population that is economically precarious. Where are these high wages they're talking about? And even if they were there, why is that the cause of inflation? 
Well, I mean, we've been hearing from from some of the policy think tanks and, and economic researchers that that have been have come alongside the Poor People's Campaign, folks at the Economic Policy Institute, the Institute for Policy Studies, you know, who are putting out, a, you know, a, a different analysis, an analysis that says that it's actually inequality that is causing these crises, you know, that it's actually, um, uh, you know, it's it's some of the the supply chain issues that have happened because of COVID um, that are are actually bringing. Uh, us to this place. It's it's because of of escalating war um, uh, that that we're having um, some of these inflationary and other kind of economic issues. Um, and who is bearing the brunt of them? Who is hurt first and worst? Are the poor and low income people of this nation and of the world? And and so uh, you know the the idea that when um, the richest in our society have have profited two trillion dollars in the last couple of years in the midst of the pandemic um, that and uh, and and more eight million more families were pushed under the poverty line in that same time. Uh, but the, the idea that that it's because of um, kind of gains of, of regular poor and low income people, low wage workers, um, that that we have these kind of inflationary pressures, it's 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 not the case. Um, and in fact, it's it's even more reason to invest economically in the people, in the wages, in healthcare, in the kinds of things that that will help people to weather this, you know, economic crisis um, and be in a better position when other crises hit. Tell me about the June 18th gathering, the March on Washington. This has tended to happen fairly regularly, except, of course, a pandemic derailed the yearly gatherings and there was some online gatherings. This year it's back in person in Washington, D.C. That's right. So on June 18th, we'll be holding the Mass Poor People and Low Wage Workers Assembly and Moral March on Washington and to the polls. Uh, you know, it's going to not just be a day, but a declaration of the, the kind of um, power that people are building in communities all across the country. Um, you know, what, what we are, are saying with this gathering is that we won't be silent anymore, um, that people have been uh, stealing people's wages and denying folks health care, uh, you know, um, taking away people's right to vote, um, poisoning water and, and air, um, and it's gone on for far too long, and, and we won't be silent. And so that's what we're, we're going to do on Pennsylvania Avenue on June 18th. Um, we're hoping that everyone will come join us and make this the, the largest um, gathering of, of poor and low-wage workers you know, in the U.S. history to, to, to put out there that, um, that, again, it doesn't have to be this way, that it, it's costing our society too much to have the levels of poverty and low wages that we have, um, and that everybody has, has a role to play in building a moral movement from below and, and putting out to the nation that, that we can indeed demand and win, uh, you know, all of the kind of uh, moral agenda that we that we've been developing over the last couple of years, you know, and, and again, that that includes uh, childcare and housing, includes food and healthcare, that includes living wage jobs and and guaranteed income, and it includes all kinds of kind of programs for people to be able to thrive and not just barely survive. Let's actually watch a two-minute video that promotes the June 18th gathering in D.C. We are a new, we 
welcome you to the launch of the Mass Poor People's Low Wage Assembly and Moral March on Washington, D.C., June 18, 2022. And we need to do it with the biggest actions possible because we know the only scarcity is the moral will to do what's right. Veterans across this nation say enough is enough. My voice is just as valuable as anyone else's. We need the third reconstruction. We have an immoral system run by immoral people. But together we fight and we become an agent of change. We're rising up to demonstrate the compelling power that we, poor and low income people, have to reconstruct society from the bottom up. It's time for a change! We are people of resilience. And that is a short video promotional of the June 18th gathering in Washington, D.C. by the Poor People's Campaign, a national call for a moral revival. I understand that there are buses that people can get from cities around the country to head to Washington, D.C. You know, there's still time, right? Uh, we're, we're talking the week before the event happens. If people haven't made plans yet for that weekend, um, June 18th weekend, they can find a bus and, and make it there. That's right. So uh, please check out our website, www.4peoplescampaign.org. You can see a map of, of where there are buses and, and other forms of transportation coming um, from all over the country. You can uh, register. Uh, you can even still sign up to help mobilize others from your community because, um, you know, we, we need everybody. Um, this is an all call. This is an all call moment. When, when you see the level of violence, when you see the level of white supremacy, when you see uh, attacks on, on people's um, bodies and selves. And, and when you see the fact that we can have gone through a couple of years of a pandemic um, and, and really not mourned the loss of more than a million people, two to five times the number of poor people dying from COVID than, than richer people, um, you know, this is, this is an all call. We, we have to be there in the numbers on June 18th on Pennsylvania Avenue for this mass poor people and low wage workers assembly moral march on Washington and to the polls. Finally, Reverend Liz Theo Harris, make the connection between gatherings such as these and getting policy enacted, because often people feel helpless. You know, what are we to do to convince Kristen Cinema and Joe Manchin and Republicans to help pass this agenda, this legislative agenda that can directly address poverty? How will a, a march on Washington make that happen? Well, indeed. I mean, when we look back in history or when we look even today, it, it takes the kind of massive mobilizations, generationally transformative declarations of our power to, to be able to you know, say to those in power and to say to other folks that are impacted by injustice that there is a movement growing um, and, and people are not going to take no for an answer and, and are building our power, building our resistance and, and making sure that we have you know, in the words of Dr. King, um, the power to, to make those in power say yes when they may be desirous of saying no. We have had too much no in the last couple of years. Uh, no to expanding health care, no to voting rights, no to, you know, investing in our, our children. Um, but what it takes is for people to do that organizing and deep organizing in our communities, but then to come together for these massive kind of gatherings. Um, this is not just a day. This is not just a mobilization. This is not just an event. This is a declaration that we won't be silent anymore. And we're going to commit 
to, to keep on organizing, keep on coming back and, and make sure that, that no one uh, does not hear that, that there is a movement growing in this country and that the people, especially those most impacted by these in, injustices are, are, are building and growing and um, really kind of reviving the, the democracy and the soul of, of our nation. Reverend Liz Theo Harris, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. I've been speaking with Reverend Liz Theo Harris, co-chair of the Poor People's Campaign, a national call for a moral revival. She's also the director of the Keros Center for Religions, Rights and Social Justice at the Union Theological Seminary. I'm Sonali Kolhatkar. You can access this and other interviews on our website, risingupwithsonali.com. By becoming a subscriber, find our audio podcast on iTunes and Spotify and follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at RU with Sonali.